Hello and welcome back to another episode of the In Around Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Will Hunt, and joining me this week, like every week, at least now he's recovered from COVID, it is the Mosley Marauder, Mr. David Harris. Hi, Will. How are you, Dave? You almost set the pod down into isolation. How's it going? I'm uh, feeling feeling a lot better, Will. Um, still yeah. in isolation, actually, yeah. but yeah, feeling better. Feeling Interesting, better. Interesting, you know. Um, any effects of the long COVID, Dave? Has it really affected your running on the football pitch yet? Do you <laughs> Uh, I mean that was already affected by by several factors. If if it's been affected more well, I'm not sure I'll be able to move. That's that's, that's quite you're, possible. You're marauder instead. <laughs> Speaking of someone who's got wheels, it's Henry Hot Wheels Hodge who's joining us on the pod. How you doing? You're right. I'm all right. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> Mike's not with us. Mike's not with us because. Um, Paul Pogba got four assists at the weekend and he refused to podcast. <laughs> he went, he like went full Graham Sunez and he planted his uh, flag in the middle of his six-a-side pitch. He's like, I'm not having it. So he's not here. So Henry stepping into him, in for him. And uh, <laughs> in true Henry Orchard fashion, Man City lost. I don't think I've been on here without City losing, to be honest. <laughs> the best part is every time, I, every time I invite you on, I'm always like, oh, this will be a good one for you because. City will have played United, they'll have beat United, and then they lose to United. And then doubly bad this weekend for you, because not only did City lose, but the goal that Everton gave away was his direct response of Michael Keane, who, as we know, you're a Michael Keane stan. And now his microphone's broken. Got a start for the podcast for him. His wheels have fell off, so did my mind. <laughs> Oh, oh God! God. This, I tell you what, this one's going places. I think. <laughs> Let's talk about the football then. <laughs> uh, should we start with City Tottenham? I'd rather not, but let's get, let's get it out of the way. Okay. Uh, so, uh, good performance from City. Oh yeah, fantastic! First fifteen minutes was great. Yeah. What went wrong? What was the biggest problem? Andy, to be honest. Men then- in the back was just disastrous. It yeah. was absolute calamity from the get-go. I quite liked Gary Neville saying that Mendy always gives you a chance because that's sort of exactly how I feel about Benjamin Mendy every time. He does. Mm-hmm. You just can't defend. <laughs> you watch City a lot. Explain what's happened to Benjamin Mendy for me because obviously he joined City from Monaco. He looked really promising and then he was absolutely mustard for the first like two months of his City career and ever since then it's just sort of gone downhill. I don't know, he's, he picks up a lot of injuries doesn't he? Quite frequently so he's he's always out for at least I'd say a good month of the season most seasons. Um, he likes to go forward to be fair he's a good cross of the ball I will give him that but he'll just lose it in stupid positions and dawdle with it instead of doing one touch two touch football getting a tiz and then just losing the ball on the halfway line. And then City defenders are just left open and having to, to press the ball when they shouldn't. Yeah. So. He's, it is odd because you look at Guardiola and to be fair to him, he does spend a ton of money, but he does improve his players yeah. quite. Like you look at what he's done to the rest of that squad. So what do you reckon it is with Mendy? Because he does seem quite, a, I, I want to be careful how I phrase this, like carefree. Like, he doesn't feel like a model pro to me. Well, the thing is, I don't know, like, in and around the squad, he seems as though, you know... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Better. Yeah. No, I was just making a joke. I wasn't telling you your mic had broken. Oh, I thought my mic had broken. No, I mean, no. That's what I'm used to it being. <laughs> look at him go, look at him go. But no, no you said... Yeah, in and around the squad, Mendy seems like the glue of the changing room. Always cracking jokes, doesn't take life too seriously, sort of thing. But then on the pitch, he takes the pitch, doesn't he? That reflects his football, flipping heck. Yeah, I, I don't know what's. So, he's just not a, pro, a true professional, is he? Why, why was he playing though? Because Zinchenko's. I would start Zinchenko. Yeah. I don't know why Mendy started. Well, to be fair, I think Mendy's been okay pre-season. But, you know, against big teams, it's crap. 
Well, you were playing Spurs, so you weren't playing a big team. Dave, what did you make of a Mendy's performance? Like an all-time stinker? Uh, just not sure about all time, but it just wasn't. Yeah, I just don't know what he was doing. It was like whenever he lost the ball, there was no real urgency to go and win it back, which I found infuriating, let alone how much Henry and City fans was found it infuriating. Also, yeah, some of his crosses were okay, but that's pretty much all I can say for any positives for him. Um, I just think with Mendy, it's a shame. Like He was clearly a very talented player and a lot could have come of him, but he's had enough chances for me at City now and after his injuries. I just don't know if he's really ever going to become like an asset. It just more sort of feels whenever they play him, he's he's actually a bit of a burden to them. And I can't yeah. really see that suddenly just changing. As sad as it is, because you could say that, you know, without the injuries, he could have been different. Like he was great when he first came to City, wasn't he? Um, yeah. But yeah, I just don't think it's really going to work out now. I mean, but I know he's, he's just... Not- he just can't be relied upon, and Man City yeah. plays so many high-pressure games each season. You just can't. You can't have a passenger like that. You just can't. I mean, I know he's not the quickest player, but I think I'd rather have Laporte at left back, or even put Cancelo at left back and have Walker on the right. I think I'd do the second one. I'm not sure I'd play Laporte at left back. Yeah, but he's played left back quite a bit last season. It was okay. Mm. Don't trust it, me. Uh, I, I did want to touch on the other player, though, because you talk about players who have played left-back. Nathan Ake. Obviously, mm-hmm. a lot of money for Nathan Ake, and it didn't really yeah. kick on for him last year at City, Hodge. So are you surprised to see him being trusted in these opening games of the season? Um, surprised? Yeah, I, th- I think I would have played Laporte yesterday, to be honest. But you've got to give him some game time, I guess. He's the one that's been playing pre-season. So, and look, John Stones has just come back from the Euros, so he was never going to start. I think, I think, yeah, give him some minutes. But to be fair, yesterday I think it was it's a bit harsh to, you know, pick him out too much because Mendy did leave him susceptible at the back so yeah. many times, where he had a two on two on one situations, and it's just yeah. what, what you do. Uh, what did you? I, I know we've talked about Nathan Ake on this podcast before, Dave, but it, mm-hmm. it it felt weird at the time to me, that signing, and it still feels a little weird to me. Um, yeah. Because we, we sort of like, and now he's made a mistake in the community shield and Pep's not taking him out the firing line. It's just, it feels a bit weird at City. It feels like they've, they've spent all this money on the back line, but they've still, other than Diaz and Walker, how many of them could you say have been stone cold successes? Really, the defensive recruitment feels a bit spotty. Yeah, not Cancelo. As not well, many. Yeah, and also with Ake, I never felt that he was massively great in the air. If I'm honest, <coughs> for sh- Bournemouth before, task. yeah, uh, it's just one of those. It's it's like he did pretty well for Bournemouth and a struggling Bournemouth team but then to get a move to Man City never really made sense to me um I just don't think he's yeah for a lower table team like mid table team even he's absolutely fine but for these big big games Mm. I just don't rate him I think he'd have more of a shout at left back I just think centre back's too it's too high risk to play him in I think Mm-hmm. Like when you consider that, you know, Diaz could have had Stones or Laporte next to him, for example, those two are much higher caliber centre backs than Nathan Ake. So I think when it, you look at Ake, maybe you think left back's always been this problem position. Maybe you put Ake there and try and solve that issue. I know obviously there was reasons for Stones and Laporte not playing yesterday, but I'm just saying it's not it's not like Ake massively makes sense for a centre back for them. I don't think. Now you spend five hundred million on fullbacks and only have right backs. <laughs> yeah, I know. yeah, it's really strange. <laughs> to be fair, I don't, I don't mind Zinchenko though. I think he's he's quite good. To be fair, I think yeah. he's good, but yeah, he's just he's not, not consistent. Like... He's not a natural defender. No, yeah, that's what I would say to him. Like, if you there's there's times where you've watched City where he ball watches a little bit. I think notably in a couple of the Champions League games last season, he ball watched a little bit. Yeah, um, that's my worry with him. But I just I, ju- I do think it's odd that they haven't like 
given how proactive City are at fixing things, I do think it's odd that we're sort of like they've held on, they've held on such hope for Benjamin Mendy, if you know what I mean, because obviously Mendy got injured, he played Delph there, um, and then he sort of was like, well, plays Zinchenko there, who was bought as a winger. It just feels a little, yeah, it just feels a little odd to me. Um, but speaking of, uh, are you ready for this segue, Dave? Oh God. Speaking of places where City need to strengthen, let's talk about the striker. Because City last year, every time it went wrong for City, they do this thing where they get the ball wide. And as opposed to a few seasons ago where you had Sane and Sterling and they got the ball wide to the byline and they cut it back with a low one across the floor. What they do now is they get to the side and they just fizz it at weird heights and they keep putting it in. Mm -hmm. Kind of like a Spanish Burnley. Can you explain it? Because I don't understand (laughs) that. No, I don't understand it. I don't understand it. It's like last 20 minutes of the game, panic stations, and they were just getting the early crosses in. And it's Ferran Torres in the middle. Mm-hmm. One of the shortest <laughs> players on the pitch. Stood next to Davidson Sanchez. It's like, what, what are you expecting him to do? He had, a, he had a good game, actually, though, Torres, to be fair to him. I like Fran Torres. Yeah, yeah I like him. He, like, he was making good runs behind the defenders and stuff, and but he just wasn't getting the service. And he'd come back and he was quite good at the build-up play. But again, deliveries weren't good from either wing. But yeah, we just need... We've got no presence. We, yeah. we need Harry Kane. It needs to happen. <laughs> it needs to happen. It has to happen, yeah. It's like... Yeah. So they need a striker. Yeah. I think that's clear as day. Um, but is Harry Kane, I know, obviously a brilliant player, but are you not worried about the fee? They're talking 175 million or whatever, 150 million, 28. His knees have started to not work. Are you not worried? No, pay it. All right, there we are. Well, that's he's he's, he's going to get you 30 goals a season, isn't he? In a team oh. like that. No, Mike's got him on fantasy, so he's not getting your ten. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true, actually. Yeah, yeah, Pep, but it's on. <laughs> um, no, Dave, was this a was this was yesterday kind of like the a really good bargaining opportunity for Tottenham to sort of turn around and say to City, "Hey, look, you need this guy." Yeah, I I think so. They just were really crying out for a striker, to be honest. Um, and yeah, I find it weird too what you said about the crossing. They're whipping the ball into the box, and there's just no natural target. As the if it goes over Torres, it's like Sterling, who to be fair has scored a couple of headers, but he's tiny. Like it just it just doesn't make any sense. Um, also, I don't know if you want to bring it up. I was interested in your thoughts on Grealish in general, to be honest, Henry, because I had a few things to that I thought about that. Really, yeah, I mean wasn't the best debut was it but he, at times he looked quite confused I thought yeah like yeah obviously at Villa he had free reign like you know he had that free role kind of Dean Swift just said you know do what you want essentially he's the best player but now Pep's going to give him a fixed role um he, he was just sometimes he was high out wide Don't and then he dropped right. into, into CDM so and I didn't really get what he was trying to do when he got the ball you know, he was just trying to skill players, take people on. I know he wanted to impress on his debut and all that, but at times, you know, just the simple ball and stuff would have been better. Yeah. yeah. Dave, you said you had stuff you wanted to talk about with regards to him. What did you want to talk about? Well, firstly, I don't really understand what what Pep was doing, putting him in a midfield three. And I know that might not be what he was intending but to me it looked like he was basically trying to play Sterling and Greenish and they ended up basically trying to occupy the same space all the time because you had Sterling yeah. left wing and then you had Greenish who was left of the this midfield three with Fernandinho and Gundogan and I was just like why the heck would you put Greenish there like seriously he's at Villa he's only ever played left mid really slash left wing or he's been asked to do a job like in behind the striker and you're putting him in a midfield three where you already know yeah. he's not going to do the job that the other two need someone to do in that midfield three. So it's just left them high and dry, basically, in midfield. 
like Oliver Skip, fair play. I think he's a good player anyway. But I felt he basically got given a platform to to look really good yesterday because it's basically yeah. him and a midfield three against two because Greenish was never there. So his job was so easy all afternoon. And I just thought, come on, you pay 100 mil for this guy. At least flipping stick him left wing. Are you, does Pep really think he can turn him into a competent member of a midfield three? Because I, I can't see it. The thing is, he might do. Because but when then, all selections guess, are available, uh, you've got, Odin, you've got yeah. De Bruyne. Where are you going to put him? Yeah, but my thing is with Grealish... What what are his strengths that you're playing playing to if you put him in a midfield three? Because he's not great defensively, and he's he's basically the thing is he's signed a player that's going into a team of unbelievable players, but he's come from a team where he's been afforded this luxury of doing literally whatever the hell he wants to do. Yeah. And whatever the hell he wants to do is getting on the ball, running at people, hugging the left wing, cutting inside. I don't know how you suddenly train that out of him. If Grealish was a younger player, sure, but he's twenty, he's twenty six in like a month. I don't know how he's suddenly going to train him out of that. Uh, for what it's worth, I don't agree. Um, I thought he played well actually yesterday. Um, I know. I thought he was good when he got on the yeah. ball. So, so I think, I think you could see you could, there's things you could see from him yesterday. Was when he when he had the ball, he was excellent. He played, he had. It sounds it sounds like a Brendan Rodgers thing to say, but he did play with personality. Like he was trying to do things, which is what you you want to see from a player in that position. And he had these he had some really nice moments where he kind of sucked in both the person who was watching him and the person who was watching Sterling, for example. And then he was able mm. to set Sterling away. So that that was a nut, that was a good to see. Um, in terms of playing him in a middle three, um, he's going to play him in a middle three because he's. I thought when they bought him, I thought there's no way they're playing him out wide. I thought they were buying him, and I'm about to use the name, and I do not, I'm not conflating that these two are the same quality of player at all. But he has essentially bought him to play a little bit of the the Andres Iniesta role that they used to play for Barcelona. That sort of drifting, linking, sort of mm. dribbling. Even if if he's not getting the assist, he's getting the hockey assist, and that's kind of what he talked about in his press conference after about City lacking that extra pass, which they had last year, which was so good because like that extra one that really went straight to the the heart of them without ever having to run. And I think the thing that you noticed yesterday with Jack Grealish is that it was clearly he looked like he belonged in that team, but he also looked like he hadn't trained with that team. And um, I think when you when they when Pep really gets hold of him on the training ground and drills into him that off the ball movement that that is key because he's playing in a team now as opposed to Villa where he was he was mm-hmm. the individual player but once Pep drilled that into him yeah, yeah. I think you'll see a lot in that mid, middle three yeah, and I don't I don't think and I'm, again he had Mendy behind him so there's gonna True. there's gonna look like gaps when you've got Mendy behind you but also Hyunmin Son's one of the best counter-attackers in the Premier League so everyone looks mm-hmm. vulnerable against them but Fernandinho yesterday had a few bright moments but he's just he's just doesn't have the legs anymore to yeah. play what Pep wants him to do yeah there so, were some instances where his legs were just he's just gone he just couldn't keep up yeah could he? yeah I think I think what you'll see is I think in some of the smaller games in the season you'll probably see um you might see a Grealish, Rodri, De Bruyne midfield, but I would imagine you'll be seeing Grealish, Gundogan, Grealish, Gundo, Rodri, De Bruyne, Gundo, Rodri, things like that. And you sort of, it's a squad game now, so they'll be flitted in and out. So it's not really about a best 11, but I, I do think he, it was a promising debut despite the scoreline for him. But if you're spending a hundred million on a player, was that the hundred million you'd have spent if you were no. sitting? <laughs> I d- no. <laughs> yeah, I, d- I don't think I w- he's, he's not a hundred million pound player in my eyes. I, I think he's uh, pretty overpriced, to be honest. I'd, I, w- I, we need a left back. I, s- I say it every year we need a left back. Hmm. We need to invest a lot of money in a left back. Who I don't know. I, I tell you, someone who does know. Oh yeah. Gary- well, Oh, oh yeah, Gary Hodgson, your dad. You, <laughs> you, you ask him, he'll tell you Aaron Cresswell's the man for City. Yeah. To be fair, yeah, he got a goal this weekend as well. He did he? get a goal this weekend. He did get a goal this week. 
Um, so, obviously, you lose to Tottenham and the jokes are out and all the knives are out. Um, I wanted to ask you, Hodge, Pep seems really angry, doesn't he? About everything. Yeah. What do you make of that? Just what he's normally like. He is quite blunt in interviews. He just, I suppose recently, all they've been asking him is about Harry Kane and he opened up a couple of weeks ago and basically said, oh, yeah, we are interested. And I think he wishes he didn't bother because he's getting so harassed about it. And he's just like, I told you last week, I'm not answering this question. But yeah, when it comes to the players we've signed, it's, well, Grealish and, you know, squad information, he's happy to talk about it. But I think all this Kane business is getting a bit tedious now. Yeah. It's just... I mean, City supposedly did that £100 million bid, didn't they? What, about four weeks ago now? Three weeks four ago? Weeks, and it's just gone quiet. Just everyone's just said, well, last week they said, oh, the deal's off, basically. Mm. Mm. We sort of wondered if they were sort of looking, sort of stopping to look at the Grealish kind of transfer and sort that out because I know there were, I know. From reading the Chelsea journalists, they were talking about like how the deal for Jules Kunde was completely on ice while they got the deal for Lukaku. So I'm assuming it was a yeah. similar thing over at Man City, where they were like, "Well, yeah. let's get Grealish over the line, and then we can talk about Harry Kane." But I um, got Grealish over the line and thought, and then Messi came available on that day. <laughs> they were like, "For what it's worth, I don't think Messi was ever available." No. <laughs> I think he was signed pretty much straight away. Um, but. Dave, what do you make of Pep's sort of demeanour and also some of his... He's done it... He did it again yesterday in which he sort of looked at a football match and was like, you know, fuck it, I don't want any control over this football match. I just want to have lots of possession and leave myself completely open for a counter-attack. Like playing Mendy and Cancelo as the full-backs and then only having Fernandinho in the middle of the park is nuts. Yeah. Nuts. You will not... It is crazy. <laughs> Yeah, I find it a bit mental, given that everyone knows that sort of how Tottenham play these these big games, especially. And let's be honest, they've got a great record against against City now. Yeah, they what do. Was it? They've won the last five away against. Oh five, yeah. yeah, something like that. We're when City have Tottenham. been away, or yeah, imagine being crap against Tottenham. And it's just, yeah, I don't really know what he's thinking. Like, I know obviously. There's the whole thing with Kane, and you could think maybe that would disrupt the Spurs camp, but I didn't really see any signs of that. I thought Son was great. To be fair, Hodgson, I'll say it to you now in front of everyone else, Deli Alley was actually pretty good, so fair play for backing him for draft will, this we season. We will talk about yeah. Deli Alley. Um, but I just, I just thought with Pep, it was. Just didn't really know what he was doing here, to be honest. I know he doesn't really like Jesus, but I thought maybe he would still at least try Jesus through the middle. I don't, don't really know why he'd approach this game in the way that he did with that team. Streets are saying Chelsea broke him again. They broke him in Barcelona. They broke him at City. Let's move on. Um, yeah, let's, speaking, let's please move on. Speaking of teams, Chelsea have broken. Let's talk about Tottenham. Um Tottenham were Tottenham. Were, this is a really weird game because um, Tottenham had a few like dangerous moments on the counter attack, but obviously the goal was just a phenomenal strike. And you sort of look at City's the other way with City. Ferran Torres had a good chance. Mares had a, a brilliant chance that he. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> I can't believe. I, I, <laughs> Volley. I couldn't believe. Yeah, oh. I, yeah when he. Oh, yeah. oh I, I, was, I was a little bit behind and I was talking to Ross at the time of uh, Pod Ross for the viewers. Um, I was talking to him at the time and he was a few minutes before and he said, oh, your boy's missed. I was like, oh, no, Morris has missed. And it, I didn't quite realise how bad it was. And then I saw the, the angle behind him and I'm like, yeah, oh, really yeah I didn't that. think it was that bad until they showed oh, that man. one angle of him like swinging in. I was like, Shot. how has it ended up over there? <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of like s- small margins, isn't it? Because I think on another day, we could probably be sat here and they won City win that 2-1. And we're sort of sat here going, oh, City have won it 2-1 without all their 
their first choice players but not playing in the team oh, are they going to walk the league again blah 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 blah. so I'm not too worried about City no it's not City if they don't lose first day of the season so not concerned yet really good record on the first day of the season yeah Hodgson yeah, we lost a great record on the first day of the season well we lost <laughs> not against Tottenham mate no against Tottenham we had um, a slow start last year you did a have really a slow start last year look what happened yeah I'd like to remind um, everyone, it doesn't matter who's top in December, it matters who's top in May. Come on, Dave. Yeah, yeah tell Everton again. Yeah, tell Everton yeah, yeah. Um, Talking about Spurs, though, quickly, obviously our first look at Nuno Spurs. Um, Dave, what did you make of them? Were you surprised by how well they played, or was this just a case of Wolves but with better players? Well, yeah, I was quite surprised, because the first 15 minutes, I thought they were going to get <laughs> absolutely dumped on, to be honest. They did not start the game well. But, yeah, to be fair, I, yeah, like you say, to be honest, it's, it's a little bit like Wolves with better players. Like, it's the same sort of style. I thought they were efficient Tottenham as well, which is a bit like what I always thought Nuno's Wolves were, to be honest. I thought they were well organised. I think he made some really good calls with the players, like throwing Oliver Skip in there. He was great, I thought. Tanganga obviously should have been booked quite a few times, I thought. Tanganga should have had about 75 bookings. But at the end of the day, he played well and he threw him in there. And he also threw in Deli Ali, which, to be honest, he was, I think he ran the most on the pitch. He, he, was, he was great in the press. Yeah, absolutely that was, great. That was the most interesting thing about Deli Ali is because we think about Deli Ali as the number 10 almost. And he play, he was almost yeah. a box to box in the system. And he looked really good, actually, I thought. He did look really good, okay. I thought. Yeah, I, what, I, what I wanted to ask is, assume I'm just going to assume now that Harry Kane does move on because I think yeah. that's, I think that's the most likely end of the saga, and I think if you're Tottenham, that's what you should do because you don't want to keep an unhappy player at your club; it ruins things. Um, that being said, what do you make of this? It, it feels to me like Human Son's been primed to almost players play up front. What do you make of that? What did you make of his performance? Because lovely goal, don't get me wrong, but he felt a little hesitant. Yeah. Yeah, he there were a couple of instances yeah, where he'd get behind the line and and just stop. And turn around back. And pa- yeah, and yeah, pass it back. Where he should have just shot. Kept going. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But then obviously he had that wonderful strike a few moments later, which obviously was fantastic. But yeah, I don't really understand why he was so hesitant at times. Yeah. To be honest, whether Nuno, it's a Nuno instruction, I don't know. My, but, yeah, my... Biggest concern with it, I think it, it seems decent and it should work with those players, to be honest. My only thing is, what what do they do when Song gets marked out the game, which is obviously going to happen because they've got no one to really hit. And then what, you really... Like, to be fair, I thought Bergwijn played well, but I, I mean, say when, you look at, when you look at the Tottenham team, Son's then now one like top, top player. If he's marked out of the game, do you really trust the rest of the team to mm. to be able to create as much themselves without using him at all? I'm not sure. I mean, and for Tottenham, to be fair, promising start, I would say. And without Kane, without Ndombele, I thought they looked fine. I'm not going to say good because it's Tottenham. They looked fine. <laughs> mm. Yeah, they still had those. They still had those moments. I mean, it is interesting about their forward line because they're they're full of players who, on their day, can be good. Like Lucas yeah. Moura. Lucas, Lucas Moura, yeah. Lucas yeah. Moura on his day can be excellent, but his day is once every five years. So, like that, so you never know. Um, that'll do us on that game, I think. We'll mm-hmm. Move on. Uh, let's talk about the other side of Manchester. Um, Ollie's Reds. Yeah. Big win against Leeds. Yeah. Um, quite. Quite a surprise. Um, big takeaway from this one, Dave. What have you got for me? The big takeaway. Uh, yeah. You like that bloke who takes his table outside. Right, my table. The takeaway from this is that Man United is going to create a lot of chances the way they're playing oh, God, against you. everyone. Uh, also, takeaway Leeds. What the heck happened there? I don't know what I was watching from them. It was weird, wasn't it? Because it's sort of like you expect Leeds to play open football. And to be honest, should 
we we sort of like forget that Leeds only came up last season. So yeah. I think we've all got quite an inflated opinion of Leeds. But yeah, I'd, Man United just absolutely but steamrolled them. In it was a way. almost a copy of the fixture last season at Old Trafford. It's exactly yeah. the same. Yeah. They were in it, 1-1, and then they just got absolutely done in. Yeah. Pogba was fantastic, man. Unbelievable. Yeah, he's playing well, so he gets his move to PSG next season. Let's not get too carried away here. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. yeah. Yes, so, good performance. Yeah. So, thinking about this, with like Pogba obviously played out on the left, um, mm-hmm. which he did a few times last season. So, sort of negates the worry about Rashford, kind of missing some of the season you saw Greenwood lead the line I thought Greenwood was excellent Dave and I know you've been a big yeah well. yeah I think I think Greenwood's great when whenever we've rediscussed really on this pod about Man United going out and signing a striker I just think they've already got a gem in Greenwood he's good with both feet he's quick bro he, he's just good he's just so good for his age I think yeah. he's just in fact not even for his age I think he's just a good striker already and he took his goal so well that was a turning point in the game. Got Man United sort of scoring freely. But that's what you want from a striker in that situation. That 1-1, that game could have gone the other way, to be honest. But mm. he sort of took it by the scruff of the neck and scored a goal. And then, yeah, he was just everywhere he needed to be as well. Thought he was, thought he was great. Could have gone anywhere. Um, Hodge, Bruno Fernandes, the rat, obviously scores um, a hat-trick. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, For those that can't see, Henry Hodgson just had the biggest eye roll I think I've seen him do. <laughs> how do you rate? How do you rate his chances of winning the Golden Boot this year? Oh, not a chance. Not a chance. No. No. Give over is he winning the bloody Golden Boot? I'm having none of that. It's no, first day of the season. He's got three goals as well. Hey, Paul Pogba could break the uh, assist in the season record. Imagine. Good. I think. I think Imagine end of the season awards and we're like, yeah, Paul Pogba, 25 uh, yeah. assists. Mike, you just see Mike's face go red and he just yeah. explodes. Think of how good it would be, though. Honestly, think of how good it would be. Like the thing is, that's how that's how this podcast blows up. We just turn Mike into the new Sooners. <laughs> Good be a nice. Imagine he comes off a season with 25 assists in the league alone, and Mike's like. Still not sure he was ever worth being signed, really. <laughs> so, I'm just looking at Bruno Fernandes' Premier League record. 29 goals. Oh, it's good. It's yeah, good it's, it's a good record. There's no denying that. No, who's, who do you reckon is going to win Golden Boot, then? Kane, if he signs for us. What about if he doesn't, though? Yeah. Phil? <laughs> Phil? <laughs> I was like in between. <laughs> Two of my favourite things about the Grealish transfer. The, well, the first one is where Jack Grealish looks at the woman who's putting the shirt number on. He goes, have you ever done it wonky? Wonky, yeah. yeah. Brilliant. <laughs> and the second one is when he goes, he's in the car and he goes, is little Phil here? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I love him. Garku, maybe? Yeah, maybe. maybe. Mate, Mo Salah. It's well, going to be Mo Salah. Gonna- yeah. Um, but no, Hodge, did this kind of performance and how good in particular that Pogba looked? Because he's the sort of like the player that you've been worried about at United. Like if if he pops and in, in addition to the rest of the talent, they could be a dangerous force. Did did that have you rethinking that they could be perhaps a title challenger this year? Yeah, there's no doubt about it. They're going to be a title challenger. But how serious is a title challenger? Yeah. They'll be up there. 100% they'll be up there, especially if Pogba's playing like he is. Because I think the biggest concern for United fans and any other fans watching them is can McTominay and Fred keep them up there? No. Exactly. So when Pogba's playing like he is, there's a sense of security, I think, in the midfield. So... I think if Pogba plays the way he is and is creating the chances he is, yeah, yeah. they'll be up there for sure. I came I came out of that game and I'm like, I was thinking to, you know when you start thinking to yourself and you start thinking to yourself, how many, how can I annoy people today? I was thinking to myself, if Marcelo Bielsa is such a good manager, how have United beaten 5-1 without a function in midfield? Because Fred 
and McTominay. McTominay. Oh, garbage. They should have signed Declan Rice. I mean, they should... Declan Rice, Calvin Phillips, any midfielder who can actually yeah. look up and move the ball. Maybe not Declan Rice, maybe more Phillips. But just just someone like J5, yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you what, J5 would do bits in this United team. Bits, let me tell you. He's doing bits in the Chelsea team. What a player. Um, so Henry thinks United title challengers. Henry says United shoe it for I the title. I think Chelsea will win the league. And then I think uh-huh. City, uh, yeah, City and United will challenge for second. Yeah, I tried to talk Mike into us winning the league last week on our predictions episode. He wasn't having any of it. We were there before, and I'm like, I'll tell you what, Mike, I think we might be good. And he goes, you think you might be good every year? Um, let's talk about Liverpool quickly. Um, so normal service resumes for Liverpool, Dave? Um, or not at all? At face value of the score, yes. Having actually watched the game, I would say no. Oh, here we go. Here's some serious analysis. Come on. No, I just... Yeah, I just thought that they let Norwich... Maybe Norwich are better than the last time they were in the league. Maybe that's whether the actual observation will turn out to be. But Norwich had a lot of time on the ball. They they were allowed to create a lot of chances, albeit Norwich didn't massively trouble Allison, to be honest. But if they're allowing teams to create that much against them, they're, they're going to come unstuck, especially yeah. against the bigger teams. Um... I thought going forward, there was a real, yeah, it just wasn't clicking for a long time. Like the the goal that they scored firstly with with Jota, it was it was nice for them to for it to have worked, but really, Cruel should have saved it. And yeah. it was, thank God, Mo Salah took what was actually a rare awful touch because his awful <laughs> touch, a rare awful touch. Fine, fine, but. <laughs> Come on, he took a touch to bring it down. Yeah. That was so bad that it ended up being like a nice slipped ball into Jota jo- yeah, yeah. and no one saw it coming. Yeah. He's the king um, of that. When Firmino came on, I did think, to be fair, not just because yeah. he's in draft, I was very happy to see his contribution. That's not the only reason. Uh, they did look good when he came on. But I, uh, yeah, I just yeah. felt they let Norwich create a lot. And I, I, yeah. for me, that's a few alarm bells. Because when you're playing a bigger team, you know, you're going to get punished letting them make those chances. And luckily for them, it was Norwich. And Norwich were Norwich were in the game for, for most of it, despite the scoreline, I would say. It, yeah. wasn't, it wasn't as convincing as the scoreline makes it look. And like you said, Jota got the goal. But other than that, he, yeah, had, he, did, he, did, he did nothing. nothing. He had, when he scored his goal, he'd had six touches of the ball. Six. Clinical. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I do think it is interesting that we talked a lot about last season about um, Jota almost replacing Firmino. The, the, when they when he's not there, the, when he's not there, there feels to me like there's a massive... When Firmino doesn't play watching Liverpool, it feels like there's a massive gap between that front three and that midfield. And it almost I, also feels like there's a massive gap between the two wingers in many ways. Yeah, I think I think Firmino's great at linking Salah and Mane, but also linking the midfield to the front three as a whole. And I think when you take him out of that equation, no one can quite do it. And Mane and Salah are weird. They're both great players. But if you rely on them to just sort of pass it around each other, they probably won't do it or won't no. do it well. They just they, don't like they need someone else. Yeah, they need someone else to play off. That isn't each other, basically. Yeah. What did you two make of um, Virgil Van Dyke's return? It's good to see him, to be honest. You obviously was want it? to see. No, no, but he wasn't good to see him back. Mate, I'm Birmingham City. If we we've got to get to the third round of the cup for me to even worry of there being less <laughs> chance of playing him. Yeah, to be fair. I was, yeah, I was happy to see him back. He's one of the best players. Uh, what did you th- certainly did you one of the best played? defenders. Um. I thought he looked rusty. Yeah, I thought he looked rusty. So, like yeah. I was, like I was saying with the chances. Yeah, there was things he was doing that I'm not sure you get away with against better opposition. But he's obviously going to be very rusty. It, I imagine it will take him the first four or five games to get into any sort of rhythm. Just to have, yeah. after having that long out. Um, thought John Matic think- was class for what it's worth. Well, he was really good actually. 
No. No, you didn't. He was fine. 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 The the Liverpool back line was just fine. I mean, my thing is with Liverpool's chances, they completely rest on um, Van Dijk. They're starting 11 as well. Yeah, they do. But it more more rests on Virgil van Dijk coming back and being PFA Player of the Year quality yet again. And I'm not sure how realistic that is based on just this viewing of him. And I know it was perhaps an unfair, it's an unfair expectation anyway, but he he just looked a bit apprehensive. And you might right that might come with game time, but that also might be that he's he's not getting any younger. Like he's yeah, in his late twenties. Yeah. This is a massive injury. So isn't, it takes he a while. Th- isn't he thirty this year? Might be thirty. I'm pretty sure. You, you know what they say about thirty, Dave? It's the new sixty. Um, he is thirty. Well, he turned thirty at the start of the month. Look at you. Send him a send him a moon pig. Um. Try to. Can get his address. Yes, <laughs> because you're on a register, pal. Oh. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'll do the recap on Chelsea. Unbelievable. Yeah, register for track and trace, you fucking bastard. <laughs> oh, what are the listeners going to get to listen to now? Yeah. That, uh, I'll do a quick, throws around. I'll do I'll do a quick recap of Chelsea for you, Dave. Uh, they played a, <laughs> they played a weekend eleven and battered Crystal Palace. There you go. Mike's off there, Hodgson. <laughs> he's I'll tell you what, he's just it's hit after hit with him, isn't it? <laughs> I would say, will you break it up? <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. Oh, Unbelievable. Um anyone are there any other teams you wanted to touch on that surprised you in the opening week? Before we talk about the team we absolutely have to talk about. No, well, to be honest, um Yeah, you ready? Alright then. Yeah. So it's the end of the round podcast. Everyone knows there's one team we dislike more than anyone else. The Arsenal. Arsenal. Yes. Let's talk about it. How much did you enjoy the game on Friday night? Oh, loved it. Oh, I loved it. Every we second. Asked for a better opening fixture, oh. could we? Honestly, give me a steaming pint of the Barclays. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> so good, aren't they? Fans back. You know, sometimes when you're watching a game beforehand, they're, they're like, Sky Sports are not talking it up. They're like, this could be a shock. This could be a shock. I'm thinking, I would actually be shocked if Arsenal beat Brentford here. Only Arsenal fans are walking out of the ground early to make a statement when they've not been allowed in for 18 months. <laughs> yeah. They're marching out at 80 quid with the little... Mean. At 80 minutes, sorry, with the, the frown on their face with the bovril in one hand. Yeah. Just I did to be like... They beat Brentford as well. I mean... You thought they beat Brentford? Yeah. Have you, the been... you thought they no. beat anyone? Have you been... Have you been honestly... Honestly... <laughs> Away at a newly promoted side who are going to want it more has been a bogey team for Arsene Wenger's Arsenal and is now a bogey team for Arsenal just forever. Like, there was no way they were winning this game. No way. They just... They're a team of son-in-laws. Do you know what I mean by that? Like, if, if, your, if your daughter bought home Ben White, you'd be like, oh yeah, he's a good chap. You wouldn't be worried, would you? And that's what they are. Like well, you To watch... be fair, if it was Granite Xhaka, I might be a yeah. bit worried. <laughs> no, <but> like... <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. You know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? Like, you watch, you look at the other teams, and you you look at Liverpool, and you and you look at Chelsea, and you look at United to an extent. You think some of them, you're like, oh, you got some bastards in your team, like Bruno Fernandez. Like he's a bastard. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he uh, is. Fabinho, bastard. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you look at Arsenal, and obviously it's not. It's, it's obviously mainly about tactics and stuff like that. But there just is the, there's something about the way that season after season they're consistently outfought. Like that second goal was an embarrassment, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was really embarrassing. Yeah, it's just classic Arteta, isn't it? That performance. Still no idea what he's trying to do yeah. with the team. Interesting no enough, enough, Arteta told off today by the president of Rwanda, who said that um, Arsenal fans deserve better. Yeah. Make of that what you will. Make of that what you will. Yeah, because they're sponsored, aren't they, to visit Rwanda? (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Um, But no, talking about the game itself. Felt sorry for Balogun. I'll throw that out there now. Okay. Why? 
had no service and then got hauled off. Had no service. Not really. What was Kieran Tierney doing out there? The man was like, he was he looked like Mel Gibson in Braveheart. He okay, fair enough. Up. He was whipping the ball in, but <laughs> often not really at anyone in particular, or even beating the first man. He had a good game though, did Tierney? So did yeah, Tierney's throw. a great player. Like I think, I can't remember who was commentating, but someone said Tierney and Smith Rowe didn't deserve to be on the losing team. I agreed. I thought they were both great. Yeah, Smith Rowe's just he's just a fantastic player isn't he's he signing a long term contract as well isn't he I think last week yeah so Arsenal can sell him for more mate not to yeah. stay around yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry when yeah. they finish ninth this season there won't be much pulling power to keep him at the Emirates yeah it is it is weird how Arsenal are just we we didn't we talked like we talked about the top four last week and me and Mike were like we didn't even consider Arsenal Oh, any... yeah, you just think something's going to click and there's going to be a sense of urgency with them and it just doesn't happen. Like, first game of the season against Brentford, fresh start. Yeah. You thought they'd come yeah, out blocks, th- raring yeah. to go. What mm-hmm. I don't understand is... You... And there's just, there's nothing. They've been sat there with no Europe... They've got no European football. Yeah, they've, they've got had... three runners. They've had the entirety yeah. of the summer to sit there and go, this is how I want you to play. This is how I'm going to move you. Because let's be honest, I'm... I, I don't know but how many of them were away with their national squad? Not, Not tons of them. No. So, you sort of, Arteta's got time to think about what he wants with the squad. Well, Kieran Tierney was for about a week. To be fair. <laughs> it's fair. <laughs> and he's got, time, he's got time to mould it. And they came out and it was the same pass to Tierney and he just smashes an across tactic that we saw for a lot of the bad Arsenal performances last year. And as they sort of rounded the corner in the second half of the season, you thought to yourself, yeah, they're not great, but at least you know a bit more about what you're getting. And yeah. it was just, it was just, I can't imagine what it's like to be an Arsenal fan. Cause I, I was disappointed in them. Yeah. It's just shocking to watch, isn't it? I mean, they're, they're just clinging on to their history at the minute. That's about yeah. it. Turtlenecks and PR Arteta, turtlenecks and PR. <laughs> Yeah, just quickly as well, I've seen in the press that apparently they're open to offers for Lacazette and Aubameyang. Imagine them without both of those players. How low is this team falling without them? Well, losing to Brentford is what we've seen without them. Yeah, they're going to lose when they play at the Emirates as well. I mean, I must admit, (laughs) when I did see the starting lineup and I saw Martinelli in it, I thought he he would have quite a good game. Mm. To be fair to Martinelli, he's been injured for so long. He's not had a real run of games, so it's also criminally overrated. I was going to say maybe I'm go. on the overrated side of it. You go. I'm seeing people comparing Martinelli and Greenwood and Foden debates. Oh yeah, God, no. what are doing that? I'm oh, like, yes. what are we doing? I'm like, yeah, no, thank you, no, thank you. Yeah, I think he's fine. I don't think he's anything. Also, oh, Nicholas Pepe, is he ever going to prove any any of his worth? Really, no. past. Well, Scored a lot of goals last season, Nicholas Pepe. No, but I know. Now they've, taken away the, now they've taken away the Europa League group games again for him. I'm not sure how much we'll see this season from him. So well, and it's also more the fact he was like 72 million. If he was like 30 million, he'd be absolutely fine. But 72 million. Do you, do you know was, do you know 72 million as well? Oh, shit. Kepa. Oh. Kepa, yeah. No longer Chelsea's record, but interestingly enough. Quickly on Brentford. Great, wasn't it? And they played... Yeah. Yeah, they were really good, to be fair. Like I'd, I'd said in our chats, I was worried how much they'd be able to hold on to the ball and what they'd be like not being able to go out and dominate games as much. But they looked they looked really good. The same sort of organisation that they've had in the, the championship for a while. Yeah. So I think... Yeah, they pressed really well. As much as Arsenal didn't play great, that yeah, like their press was fantastic. They caused Arsenal all sorts of problems and I thought they thoroughly deserved their win. To be fair, well, we'll judge them when they play a proper outfit. Not plenty answer. That'll do us, lads, because um, the other games, other than a Michael Keane's disaster class, I don't really want to talk about. <laughs> um, what I do want to talk about, Henry Hodgson, is obviously the betting podcast came back last Friday. And um, how did you get on? Look at him, his microphone's broken again, unreal. <laughs> It's great because he gets through the entirety of the betting podcast with with no problems. No, he comes up to the main one and look at him now. 
Your voice, it's just my mic can't handle it. It can't handle it, can't handle the power. No. So, yeah, we did okay this week. Mike, better than me, admittedly. He got three out of four. I got two out of four this week. So, not not a bad start. Could Obviously, could do better. Breaking even. Yeah. Who are, you, who are you thinking about next week? Just give us a little sneak peek. Are you thinking about MK Dons? You fancy him? <laughs> <laughs> Carlo, you're not answered by any chance. <laughs> no, no, I'm not, no secrets. Yeah, yeah no. he don't have a clue. That's he why. doesn't have a clue. He doesn't have a clue. <laughs> he gets out. His, he's got a poster of his football league clubs. He just throws a dart at one. He's nah, got no, he's got. What he's got is he's, he's got like he's got like top trumps for the football league, and he looks doing the out the weekend season better. Um, anyway, you can catch Henry Hodgson on uh, the uh, the betting podcast comes out every Friday, and if you want him on Twitter, that's at hodgie 7 but you can also find him there to play Modern Warfare 2 on his Xbox. <laughs> um, yeah, just to take back to the, uh, the joke from last season. Um, Dave, if the people want to follow you, where can they follow you? Uh, it's at Dave Harris, underscore 44. Of course, um, steer clear of Dave's uh, Twitter and in person, unless you want COVID. <laughs> um, you can follow Mike uh, at MikeRedlin. Um Please don't mention the words Paul Pogba to him because otherwise he'll uh, he'll two foot you. Um, and you can follow me at Will Hunt Seventeen, but please don't please instead follow us at In and Around Pod on all the socials, including FarmersOnly.com. Uh, and until next time, um, good night. Cheers. <laughs>